California, I love you, but the traffic, the car thing, gotta go. What it is, what it do, this is Rambling, your weekly Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Agora Hills, California, as we head into week 11. The Rams are now 5-4 and four after losing to the Steelers, 17-12, and 12, and they're preparing for Sunday night football against the Chicago Bears at home at the Coliseum. Joining me today, she's an ESPN correspondent living in the Windy City, which means she owns a few coats and hats. She also <laughs> owns the scoop on the Chicago Bears, which is why I wanted to have her on. She's sneaky funny. Woman of Steel, Michelle Steele. Woman, thank you for coming on the pod. You know what? I was hoping that I would get the air horn introduction, and it happened. So <laughs> whatever happens after this podcast, like my day has already been a success. And by the way, you said I own several hats. Just to illustrate for you how cold it is in Chicago right now and how cold it is for the Bears who are practicing up at Hallis Hall today, the high is 19 degrees. Ugh. The high is Ugh. 19 degrees. Is it Not Celsius? 90, but 19. Are we doing Celsius? Are we in London? Are we doing, yeah. <laughs> are we doing what? Celsius or is this Fahrenheit? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is, this is definitely Fahrenheit. This is definitely the one that America uses. <laughs> and um, I am standing inside and I have a hat on because it's cold. So... Just to illustrate to y'all Rams fans who are lounging in 85 degree temperatures or whatever it is in LA today, um, y'all have it pretty good. You know, you have it pretty good because it's so cold. People are wearing winter clothes inside in Chicago. What are those? (laughs) What are I'm wearing a leather jacket in 62 (laughs) degree weather. (laughs) So someone tweeted today that like in in Orlando it's like 61 and people have ski boots on oh my god straight up ski with yeah well the, the best i forget if it's jimmy kimball that does this but every once in a while he'll do he'll do a bit on local reporters in california whenever it dips below like 70 yes he'll do something on the cold weather on the cold cold front or something it's ridiculous and, and it's great but but you know tying it back to football the Bears are going to be shocked i think by the the warm weather because they've been playing in some some cold conditions as of late. I know that Eddie Pinheiro will probably enjoy being um, being in some warmer weather because he's a Florida boy and uh, he's had some trouble. He's had some trouble being at Soldier Field in the wind and the cold and the blustery conditions. He's missed a few extra points here and there. Missed a field goal against the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, this game could go, could go either way. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got the Bears in third place in the NFC North. You have the Rams that are in third place in the NFC West. Both teams are pretty much looking for a win. And so now you're like, all right, one of you has to win this game unless we want to tie, which that doesn't work out so well. So, uh, (laughs) you know, know, it's funny because I can't remember who, I can't remember who said this, but um, give credit to whoever it was that said it, but they, they made the analogy that you know how the NCAA March Madness comes around and there's like the play-in game, right? Yeah. This is like the play-out game. Like whichever team loses this game is essentially like they're just playing out the string at that point. Like forget about the playoffs. Certainly that's the, I think that's the case in, in Chicago. I mean, some people feel like they're playing out the string right now. 
now if they win out, including this game, and they get some help, you know, they could possibly make a run in the postseason. But just, just what a disappointing year. I mean, you, the Rams, you can obviously speak to that way better than I can. But from Chicago's perspective, Serena, even the players have told me that it, it's shocking to be in this position. Yeah, and, and I mean, you guys still have a really strong defense, and that's kind of what we're kind of we're looking at as far as this match is con- matchup is concerned. You got a defense versus defense. You got Aaron Donald on one end of the ball, and then you got Khalil Mack on the other end. Rams fans know a lot about Aaron Donald. Like, what do you kind of expect to see out of Khalil Mack in this game? Are we going to see at least the defense hold up? Yeah, I think that this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I think it's going to be largely a defensive matchup. And guys, if you told me that at the beginning of the season that it'd be Nick Williams on this Bear team, Bears team that has six sacks and would lead the team with six sacks, and it'd be more than Khalil Mack. Now, listen, like he's going to get his. He's a star player. I would say he's had a solid season that's been overwhelmed a little bit by the issues on this offense, but the regression that the defense has seen has been one of the most shocking things about this season. You know, last year, obviously that was affected by Vic Fangio, but I Vic Fangio going to the Broncos and being their head coach. But I remember last year, it just felt like, and I did a bunch of Bears games. I'm more general assignment for ESPN. So I do a bunch of, bunch of teams outside the Bears, and certainly that's been the case this season. But I was staple to them a little bit last year. And it just felt like every game they had a takeaway every game they had you know Khalil Mack had like a strip sack fumble recovery return for a touchdown and we're just not seeing those kinds of um flashy defensive plays and obviously that's that's you're not going to see that every season every game but you certainly would hope that they would be as aggressive on turnovers as they were last year and we're just not seeing that the defensive unit is still the strong one with the bears, but, but, but they have regressed. And part of it, I do feel is a little bit of air going out of the room or like energy going out of the room because of the tremendous struggles on offense. You can, you can just, you can just tell by watching their games, the defense when, when they're playing, you know, 70 snaps a game, I don't care what defense you are. You're going to be worn out. Yeah. Yeah, when the defense is on the field a lot more, that obviously is a little exhausting. I, I would say, you know, at least from the Aaron Donald perspective on our end of the, of the ball, um, you know, you see a lot more from Dante Fowler, from Clay Matthews, because a lot of guys are double and triple teaming Aaron Donald. Is that the same for, like, Mac? Like, I kind of see he's opening you up the, the game. plan around him. Right. You have to stop Yeah. Mac. I mean, the, the difference, I think, is there's two differences. One is that Akeem Hicks is out, right? So opposing offenses, and, they, and they've been amazing with the tag team. Um, but opposing offenses have done a really good job at just sending bodies at Khalil Mack. And, you know, going back to the turnovers that I mentioned that just haven't been there this year, um, the secondary and the pass rush really worked in tandem really well last year. And because you're not seeing as many turnovers, I mean, you're just not seeing the same dynamic on the field, you know, like I, and plus our offensive line is struggling. So I, I'm not sure I trust certainly the interior of this offensive line against somebody like Aaron Donald. The difference also, also for you guys is that you guys signed a really good corner 
mm-hmm. not too long ago. How is he being integrated into this defense? Yeah, I mean, Jalen Jalen Ramsey's, I mean, clearly working well so far. I mean, you, you, a lot of people joke because you see uh, Marcus Peters, you know, doing really well at the Ravens, but I think Jalen Ramsey fits the system and he's comfortable with himself. Um, him and, and Eric Weddle, you know, just having that whole DB group work well together. Nikel Roby has said great things. I mean, he's just, he's sort of seamlessly came in. There was no ruckus mm. in the locker room. It was just sort of like, okay, cool. We got a really good, Big corner. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's big. I'm like, bro, you are super tall. You don't. He looks like a two guard in the NBA. (laughs) He seriously does. He looks like a two. I'm like, you are not a corner. So uh, comparatively speaking, Nikel Roby is like at 5'8", and then you got Jalen at like 6-something. He's tall. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it so interesting, though? And, and, you know, it it kind of illustrates the similar – the similar circumstances that both of these teams find themselves in this week is that last year it was like the Rams offense did so much and carried such a heavy load and not much was expected of the defense. And now would you say it's fair to say that's totally turned on its head? I mean, I think our O-line has really been the, I would say it's a lot of things, but the, we, we lost three O-linemen. Like we're going into this game down Joseph Noteboom, Brian Allen, yeah. and Rob Havenstein, who are, are all expected to be starting guys on our roster protecting Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, I also is, I think, a really great quarterback, and he just doesn't have the time to maybe make those throws if you got to beat up O-line. If they're always, you know, I talked to Austin Corbett. We got him from the Browns um, during that whole Jalen Ramsey, you know, trade fiasco where we decided to pick up three guys in one day. And um, Austin Corbett told me, you know, this is, this team is so different in the fact that the way that, you know, Aaron Cromer gets them prepared. But now he, I mean, he just got here three weeks ago and now he's going to be starting (laughs) for our O-line. We don't have any more guys. I'm ready to start eating more cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, because you might get the call up. Yeah. Like who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, don't get me started on quarterbacks here in Chicago. I, I granted like Jared Goff perhaps has come down to earth a little bit versus last year, but I mean, it just goes back to like the word of this podcast or the word for the Chicago bears to describe this season is just like shock coming off, you know, um, Matt Nagy being the coach of the year and Mitchell Trubisky posting, or maybe it was Mahomes that posted that picture of Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky all at the pro bowl from this year and talking about, you know, the seasons that they've had and people kind of like, um, criticize that, that year's yeah. draft class. Yep. Exactly. Criticize that draft class. You know, it's one thing to talk about like Jared Goff's season. It's totally another thing to talk about Mitchell Trubisky and going from, and look at, it's not like he was Tom Brady last year. It's not like he's coming down from these ridiculous heights, but he was able, um, he's able to move the football and he was able to move himself. He was so much more mobile last year. And that's changing like fundamentally what the strength of this offense is Mm -hmm. with him just standing back back there or um, I mean, it just seems like he's not reading defenses like he used to. And certainly that's affected how Nagy is also calling these games. You know, I was talking to Chase Daniel, his backup here in Chicago, like how much of 
um, being mobile and deciding to scramble is just instinct. And he's like, a hundred per all of it is instinct. And to see something instinctual regress is, is, is very unusual. He didn't mm. say that, you know, I'm saying that to see something that's instinctual regress it is, is unusual. And I think that, you know, you talk about Trubisky having his like high school and college coaches giving him pep talks every week. You know, this is a guy that struggles um, with struggling. And I don't really know, especially if they lose this game to the Rams Sunday night, prime time. I don't know. I, I don't know what the effect is going to be basically for, for his confidence and certainly, certainly for his, for his future in Chicago as well. How is Goff kind of handling, handling this season? What has his demeanor been like? Goff is Goff. He will always be Jared. Goff is Goff. Always Goff is the Goff. same. Same demeanor as That's when we great. won the NFC championship game. You, <laughs> you cannot change whether he got his contract or not. He is completely, I mean, it is so, there are a few people like Jim Hill I can do a great impersonation of who is our uh, CBS, like he's the the um, anchor man of of L.A. I can do a good okay. impersonation of him, of Jared and Sean McVay because they are so consistent with the way that they carry themselves on a daily basis. I mean, it's impressive. Jared's handling himself well. And he sort of, you know, he to, to his credit, he zones out a lot of that noise but mm. it's it, but but I also think I give credit to Sean McVay and the leadership here that that also helped drown out the noise. But for you guys, I'm reading a lot of rumblings in Chicago about you know the Bears and and especially about the QB conversation. You you think that's that's affecting Trubisky? I do. I, I do think that it's affecting him. You know when when um, I was there. I was there a couple of weeks ago. It was right after the Chargers game. So that was arguably, um, it was arguably their worst loss of the season. And I mean, although it's a, it's a very close to the season opener where they just laid an egg in primetime, national TV, no other games on against their biggest rival, the hundreds of year season. So that's how you know things are going bad in Chicago. You have a hard time picking out what the worst loss was. But I was there a couple of weeks ago, spoke to Matt Nakey, and he let it be known that he pulled Kubisky aside at one point and told him to watch the broadcast copy of the game. This isn't the All-22. This is literally like the Fox broadcast of the game to look at his facial expressions and look at his body language and how he's carrying himself. I mean, this is a third-year veteran. Um, if you think that sounds basic, it's because it is. Like, it's some... that And that got you know, a lot of attention from a lot of people because that's not what, that's not normally how the dynamic with a coach in his third year or fourth year veteran goes is to, to have this guy look at the game copy at the TV copies of the game. You know, this is a guy that really should have his head in head in the playbook yeah. to have his head in the film of the upcoming opponent to, to look back and look at his facial expressions. Uh -huh. I mean, it just it just told me that they're really um, they're really working on a basis, and the coach is devoting time. That's the other thing is yeah. you have a head coach that's devoting time to his quarterback reading his own body language, and we're not even talking about body language on the field. This is like on the sideline. So um, you know, and, and the other thing is like when you're in the locker room, guys are very complimentary of. Uh, 
Matt Nagy and his mm-hmm. energy and positivity. And you can't, you just don't, you don't hear that, you know, with the same. And I like, listen, like to Matt Nagy's credit, I don't think he's lost a lot of room. I think the team has publicly stayed, stayed together during, during this challenging stretch, but there definitely is a, um, there isn't the same kind of enthusiasm and positivity when talking about their quarterback, you know. Speaking of quarterbacks, um, just to quickly get to some news from around the NFL, there's been a lot of talk about MVPs. Uh, I would certainly give Lamar Jackson an MVP award right now. I think he's having an incredible season. You spoke to Aaron Rodgers. You covered the Packers-Panthers game, um, and he brought up another MVP candidate that perhaps we're not talking about, Aaron Jones. Um, do you think, or who do you think would be your MVP top three? I'm with you. Oh, top three? Yeah, because uh, I gave, I forced you Aaron Jones. I gave you Lamar Jackson, so I'll give you <laughs> another one. <laughs> um, you know, that's a that's a good question. I I think that. I think that Christian McCaffrey and I, I look. I am a victim. I am a victim as much as anyone else of recency bias. Yeah, and it's out of context. It sounds weird. I'm a victim. Don't <laughs> don't pull that out for your podcast. For your podcast, he's finished. This but just like, as a, yeah, right. That's my drop. That's my drop. Just myself, victim. Hello. No, but like. I, I'm somebody that definitely is affected by recency bias. And I think part of it is just the job that I do like every week is a different team and you're just drawn to the bright, shiny object. And even though they didn't get the win, I mean, Christian McCaffrey for him to be, and like, I, I feel uncomfortable maybe putting a running back into the MVP decision. And I don't, I don't know that I agree with um, um, necessarily Aaron Rodgers, but on, on his pick, However, Aaron Jones is having an amazing season, but like Christian McCaffrey had the ball at the end of the game, almost got like was inches of getting into the end zone in ridiculous weather, essentially a blizzard um, with so many other young pieces on this team. You had like a rookie at starting left tackle. Obviously, we know Kyle Allen's story and he got his, you know, I mean, I, I, I was I was impressed enough to understand why he's in the MVP conversation. I'll give you this this for the recency bias uh, argument. I remember him from week one against when the Rams played the Panthers and I still put him in the the MVP dog because he's he's incredible. I mean, watching him closely, I mean, he's really hard to stop. So I I totally give him a nod. And I'm just so impressed. Like when you see this guy in person, you're like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. Matt, you want to add to someone? Guys you put on that uh, I think you got to throw Russ. Russ, out there oh my too. God, Russell Wilson, that game. I would also put one other oh, yeah. just possibly, yeah. maybe not based on like stats or how he actually did for the year, but I might throw Teddy Bridgewater in there. Oh to yeah, the to keep the Saints. Yeah, I mean, oh, what they lost one game. That's interesting against the Rams. If they if they end up it making was a the deep first run, game, he came in. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'd give I so I give it out there. But, but like, yeah, yeah, I would, I would too. I would too. I was going to say, would you put Kyle Allen in that too? Because he's a quarterback that came in and they were five and one, you know, with Cam Newton out. Well, now they're five and two after dropping, dropping that game to the Packers. But I don't think, I don't think the Saints are letting Teddy go. I think in Chicago, there's like dreams that maybe, you know, maybe he can be a short term solution, maybe even a long term solution for the Bears at quarterback. 
but I don't think the Saints are ever going to let that guy go. For sure. Con- and- considering what he's done. I mean, yeah, he's he, he's certainly proven himself to be able to handle that offense. So, uh, and it's just exciting to see Teddy Bridgewater kind of come back after his own injury and kind of be successful. It's a great story. It is a good story. So, I'm gonna. Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, like I remember when he was with the Vikings, and how much that team just like believed in him, and you know, obviously the injury stuff got in the way, but I, I'm happy for him, man. I think I'm going to give this to Matt because he wants to do one quick question before we let you go because I know you have a dentist yeah. appointment. So, Matt. All right. Just real quick before we get you out of here, it's time for <laughs> Serena's social segment. And biggest thing we've seen this week, Dak Prescott's hips not lying <laughs> on Twitter. Thoughts? Serena? Yo, he's going to be dancing with J-Lo and Shakira at the Super Bowl in Miami. Promise. It's happening. There's no way that dude doesn't dance salsa on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle. I, oh, wait. Is that a rhetorical question for me? Or is that like a statement? And then I it respond. It is a statement. It is. It's a statement of fact. <laughs> I think that's a statement of fact. I think that he will be, you know, if, if, Dak, if, if Dak is at the Super Bowl um, in, some, in some way, shape, or form, whether he's a player or as a fan, I think that he will be salsing also with, with Sakura. Why not? It's Miami, right? Yeah, it is Miami. Do you think Do you think that... Uh, did you see a meme out there, a music compilation yes. that worked well for you with the Dak hips? Um, you know what? I actually enjoyed Jimmy Garoppolo and... Was it Nick Bosa? I think they did their own versions. Oh! They did their own versions of like the... the the Dak, That's the smart. Dak Pre- Prescott. Um, I, what are we even calling this? Like the the Dak salsa, the, the Dak, Dak hips, Prescott Lembata, the, the, the Dak hips. I like Dak hips. Who Dak? Who Dak? Uh, um, who Dak? <laughs> like I, I am enjoying. I like cor- watching quarterbacks warm up. Is like pretty boring. Not when you're uh, Jack pre-game? Prescott or but, Drew Brees. But now, now that I have an opportunity, exactly. Now that I have an opportunity to see quarterbacks do their own version of Dak Hip, hashtag Dak Hip. Yeah, it's it's gonna make me it's gonna make me just get out there even earlier for pregame warmups. <laughs> uh, speaking of, can't wait. I know I can't wait <laughs> with all of your hats. Quickly before we end this pod, we ask everyone on the podcast: if not for football, then what? What would you be doing if football did not exist? And for you, because you're more of a general sports reporter, I'm taking sports out of it completely. You're done. Yeah. Well, so there's a couple things I do have, like many ideas. Uh, one, <laughs> I have many. One is. Things. I have many ideas. So one business I've always started, I've thought about starting is you give people opportunities. You know how sometimes there's like these like fantasy camps where you get to play, you know, pretend that you play bass in like the Rolling Stones or something, or you get to go to like an MLB team and, you know, they'll play a game at Wrigley Field or something. It's yes. like for like, yeah, for like people that want to live out these like major league dreams or whatever. My business idea is I will give you the opportunity to do um, something that's extremely boring. <laughs> like, have you have you ever wanted to be a bus driver just for a day, just to see what it was like? We will hook you up with that opportunity. <laughs> have you ever, for instance, wanted to like fry eggs and flip pancakes in the diner? You know what? We got you. We'll hook you. You can you can work in a greasy spoon for a day. 
so, you know, I feel like I don't, I, you wouldn't necessarily need like the, the connections, you know, to the Rolling Stones or, you know, a big team or something like that to get people to live out their fantasies. But there's a lot of people who have like more dreams that are more so boring and it would be interesting there's to gotta like, be a market those for people that. accomplish their, accomplish their dreams. And by the way, those two things are things that like I have thought about doing. Like I've thought about like, what it would it be like, you know, I'm a good cook. Like, could I cook in a, a restaurant? Probably not. But could I cook in a diner? Probably. Yeah. Making your most could I average dreams come true. <laughs> Making, you know what, Matt, that's our tagline. That's yes. our tagline. That's <laughs> it. We'll go, Matt, you got, you got yourself a cut. Thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll have to negotiate it like Shark Tank style. Of course. Where I'm like, where I totally lowball. <laughs> where I'm like, okay, and how I about. accept anyway. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> how about 50% equity for 300 bucks? How about I give it to you for free? <laughs> yeah. And you give me a high five. <laughs> get a high five next time we see you, Michelle. <laughs> Making your average dreams come true. I love it. Well, Steel Industries. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate you coming on the pod and making our average dreams come true. That's it. Anytime. 15th episode of Ramblin'. <laughs> uh, don't forget, for those looking for more all things Rams, make sure you check out our other team podcast, Rams Revealed with J.B. Long. Hey guys, Serena here again. Over the bye week, I got to speak to Jordan Gallagher, who runs the Rams UK fan group. We wanted to share some of that conversation, so you can listen to that right here. Jordan, where did it all begin? Like, you're far away from us, and somehow you run a LA Rams fan page. Yeah, it's uh, a bit of a a weird one, I suppose, maybe for some people, but it was... I got into the Rams in about 2002, 2003, um, and then after the Cardinals game a couple of years ago, there was myself and a couple of other guys, Chris, Aaron, uh, Tony and Tom kind of got together through Twitter and, and kind of started the the thing up. Well, it was it was already a, a group, but it was a bit dormant on Twitter. So after that, we, we kind of took over the running and that's been us for the last couple of years now. Wow. How many Rams fans do you think there are in, in all of the UK? I'm not. There's a lot more than I thought there was after mm. after Sunday. There, it was um, a, a pleasant surprise. I think how many more there were this year compared to two years ago, even, and that's obviously a, a lot down to how well the team's been doing. So, no, it's, I think there's a lot more now than there there has been in previous years. Yeah. What do you think? You know, fans in the UK love most about the Rams, like or. I should say, let's start with the player. Like, like the who's appealing a... factor. What What is it that makes you go, oh, the Rams. Yeah, I'll root for them. Yeah. I think a, a lot of people are now getting to appreciate Aaron Donald. He's he's obviously the best player maybe in the NFL. Um, and a lot of people, are, Todd Gurley has always been a a big a big uh, player. Everyone seems to have his jersey. There was a lot of Gurley jerseys on, on Sunday. Um, I just think the whole LA thing is really... Amplified the, the fan base here. It's you know what the most probably most glamorous place in America, and that's people are drawn to that. The Hollywood factor. So yeah, it's, it's something that's changed the last three years now that the team's been back in LA. I suppose. 